All right, my friends, it's time once again for another... A cinquantesimo episode of V8 Radio, Kevin. Cinquantesimo. Yes, yes, so good. And that word uh, is Italian, believe it or not, meaning 50th. 50th. How about that? Well, this is our 50th show. Yes, sir. Holy criminy. Well, Holy con- smokes. <laughs> Congratulations to you, and we apologize to all our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we will For- be submitting a written apology shortly. <laughs> that's right. Uh, wow, 50 shows, man. That's, uh, that, that's far out. Yeah, that How is about, far out. I mean, not not with me, unfortunately, or 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 fortunately, however you want to look at it. But uh, well, yeah, there was a few uh, in the beginning that uh, were were interviews that I had done, and and a couple of other excerpts from from VATV episodes. But you came on in what the fourth one or something? Uh, sixth one. Six. Forty four episodes with me. All right, happy quattro. Happy forty four. Contential. <laughs> quattro quattro. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's dynamite. We'll have to do this again uh, at your 50th. Yeah, for sure. It's right, coming up, well, man. <laughs> it, well, faster than you know it. Well, I'm your host, yeah. Kevin Oste. Welcome to V8 Radio. And I'm joined, as always, by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Hubal clark uh, as always, except for the first six, but we'll look past that. And uh, on this show, we, um, we like to chat about automotive stuff, and sometimes we end up on tangents. This time, we're going to talk about cars. How about that? Let's talk about cars today, Kev. What, what a novel approach to the show. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, we, we, we've strayed away from our core topic in the last couple episodes a little bit. Nobody said anything, to my knowledge, but uh, I just... No. we we got a lot of stuff well, to cover today, so... Yeah, but the topics we talked about were, were pretty cool topics, so I think it's oh, yeah. okay. It was kind of like, a, like an added bonus, if you will. Exactly. You came here for one thing, and, and you happened to get something cool instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Normally they call that a bait and switch, so sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> well, one thing that we always try to do is start the show off with a trivia contest, a little little question between the two of us. Uh, we throw out the question at the beginning of the show and then wrap it up at the end with an answer, and it's automotive-related. So, uh, Mr. Q, have you prepared a trivia question for today's episode? Indeed I have, Kevin, and let's, uh, let's fire it off. Um, you no doubt remember seeing um, uh, magazine ads for like in hot rod magazines and the like for uh, Hearst lightning rods. Uh, yes, for your automatic transmission. Well, Kevin, what car could you buy that already came equipped with lightning rods? That would be the Hearst. That's a. Is there a trick question here? Because I, I want to say it's the. It was the no. Hearst Oldsmobile from the eighties, but was it the four four two or the Hearst? Oldsmobile? I don't give trick questions. Kevin. <laughs> Unlike you. Ah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I'm gonna say it was the Hearst Olds, and I'm gonna say from probably eighty five, six, and seven, maybe, maybe even earlier, eighty four, five, six, seven. Hearst, Hearst Olds. From the eighties. From the eighties, the G body. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the, uh, the year is not a requirement for a correct answer. However, uh, could, we could make that a bonus if you want to give me the first year that was available. All right. Well, I'll, I'll say eighty-three is my my guess. Eighty-three. That, that, it seems a little early to me, but we'll, we'll see. All, All right. right. So and Kevin says, Hurst Olds, Cutlass, uh, AKA four four two, nineteen eighty-three. 
Well, the Hurst Olds and the 442 were different cars, and that's why I was wondering oh. if it was a trick question or not. Oh, so, so then what's your guess? Is it Hurst Olds or is it 442? I'm going to say it's the Hurst Olds. Okay. Hurst Olds, 442. Uh, Her- Shut up, Michael. Hurst Olds, 1983. <laughs> <laughs> All right, somewhere around there. Something like that. Yes, and, and that brings up another fun, interesting trivia bonus question. This is not a real one, but around that time period, a little bit later, actually, towards the uh, late 80s, Hearst advertised an aftermarket shifter that you could never buy. Really? Yeah, yeah, and it was called the Hearst H-Gate, and it was, an, right? it was an automatic shifter, that uh-huh. shifted in a four-speed pattern. Get out of here. Yeah. It was really, really cool. But alas, it actually was never produced, even though they ran ads featuring it in magazines. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. I wonder how they would have done that. Um, it would have been it, some pretty convoluted linkage, I think. It was, it was. And that's probably why it never came to be, you know, because they thought yeah, this is probably. probably a bad idea. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it gave manual or automatic transmission guys the opportunity to go from a first to second to drive or whatnot and, mm-hmm. and row that shifter around like it was a four-speed. So I remember um, going to, uh, to B&M, I think, and asking them about it. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a, a double-layer trivia question. Was it a B&M oh, H-Gate go. or was it a Hearst H-Gate? I think it was a Hearst. Anyway. All right, so that's my guess on yours is a Hearst Olds. Okay, got it. So my question to you, my friend, is what was Antoine de la Motte Cadillac known for? <laughs> okay, everybody, let's gather up. We're going to Osti's house with, with the, the torches and pitchforks. And we're going to burn that mother down. Uh, all right. All right. Let me, uh, let me help you out. I will give you this in the more traditional uh, American English pronunciation. Hey, how about that? Yes. What was, what, what was Antoine de la Motte Cadillac known for? <laughs> the namesake. An- for- Antoine Cadillac. Antoine Cadillac. What was he known for? Yes. Is this a trick question? I don't do trick questions, my friend. Oh, you dirty liar. (laughs) You dirty liar. (laughs) Well, he's the namesake for the Cadillac nameplate that that graces your GM automobiles, thus named Cadillac. Mark of excellence. Mark of excellence. Uh, is that going to be your answer? Ah, damn it, Kevin. It's, it has to be. Because I, I got nothing else. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Oh, why, why do I keep coming back? I have 44 episodes of this. <laughs> yes. Ah, damn it, yes. All right, so... Antoine Cadillac. Your 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 guess is that he was the namesake for the Cadillac automobile. Yeah, oh, man. Okay. I apologize, everybody. I'm really <laughs> bad at this. <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, it makes perfect sense. 
mm-hmm. Mike's answer. I'm typing this down here so I don't forget it. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. That yeah. will work, work for me. Good is not the adjective I was searching for. Well, but okay. Our listeners are happy that there was no additional bonus <laughs> trivia question and sub trivia question. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know a damn thing about that. <laughs> All right, we will reveal the uh, the riveting answer to these deep questions at the end of our yeah. show today. <laughs> deep thoughts by yeah. Kevin Oste. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious, man! I'll tell you what. Well, the good thing is uh, that's over with. And the, the second good thing is that spring has sprung. Today is actually the first day of spring. Oh, yeah. Which means the cars are coming out finally. Thank you. Uh, the, yes. Especially in, in our neck of the woods, the long winter I'm hoping is finally over. Mm-hmm. And uh, got a little crazy the other day and actually uh, uh, looked around the shop and, and our, our crew, I got to hand it to them. These guys are doing a phenomenal job of keeping the place clean and organized and, and uh, people have been coming in, uh, taking tours and whatnot saying, man, mm-hmm. you know, did you guys just clean up, you know, for today? And it's like, no, no, I mean, everybody's doing a really good job, which means with the beginning of spring and the warmer weather and the clean shop, we thought, Hey, why don't we have a little impromptu spring cars and coffee type thing? So that's going to happen Saturday, next couple of days uh, at the so VHB. As you're listening shop. to this people, there's probably the cars and coffee going on right now. Yeah, there you go. Right, right. And, and I'm bringing this up not to, you know, pre promote it because you're right. The timing isn't going to be off, but I'm just so excited that we can finally open the doors in the shop and it's going to be warm enough to where uh, yeah, uh, people will sure. be able to hang out. And this was also, as I like to say, a, a crisis of opportunity because we ended up having um, not only the cars that we are working on in progress at the shop, but a couple of neat ones came back to visit. So the, the reloaded Camaro is back in the shop. Right. That's, woo, that's a nice car. Yeah, it is. And it, that one's been done for seven years now. And mm-hmm. it, it it looks like the day we finished it. I mean, it's well, it still looks dynamite, and it came back for some maintenance, and yeah. uh, uh, we fixed a, a sensor that went bad on the uh, on the fuel injection system. Believe it or not, so it knows that right. Throttle position sensor went bad and was putting it in the flood oh. mode. So, oh wow, ten minute fix, you know. Um, so that's done, and the uh, the LT4 Camaro is back. Really. Yes, and that's the one you and I had talked about at great length in the past. And there's three episodes right. of VATV episodes out there mm-hmm. about our LT4 swap. And we left it where it had this throttle issue where it was you'd get off the throttle at higher RPM and it would continue to climb um, mm-hmm. as if you were still on the throttle. Well, we never got a satisfactory resolution to that challenge. And oh, wow. the customer has had the car for a little while. He's put 2,200 miles on it. Right on. Dynamite, yes. Dynamite, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what we've learned is we think um, really the answer to fix this is going to be an ECM swap uh, to a more, mm. you know, more recent version, an updated version of the, the General Motors engine the controller. GMC. Okay. But that also requires a harness change because the plug is different now. So we got to take it apart and, and fix that. But it's all good because the 
um, we're, we're very confident that that's going to be the fix. And in those 2,000 plus miles of sheer craziness and enjoyment, um, we've got a few other maintenance things to take care of. Namely, rear tires are gone. Oh, no. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. I'm glad that's one of the things. Yeah, so that's great. And then uh, we, we developed a leak and a, a little leak in the power steering system. We think we have a mismatch in the uh, power steering pump, so we're going to switch that out. And uh, You know, refinements. But um, to, have, to have both of those cars sitting next to each other is pretty special. So I thought it'd be a great time to invite the general public in to come check them out. Um, in addition to seeing, uh, Kelly finally has the, finally, it was only a month, but has the, our new body shop side up and running at full capacity. Is that right? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that is so great. The capabilities have been expanded quite a bit and the quality level is increased and, uh, uh, we are noticing, uh, improvements and efficiencies like right away as far as having to move cars around and ease of getting in and out of the paint booth and uh, the mechanics. Uh, each guy now has essentially two, two stalls to work in um, at the same time. So nobody's fighting for space and, and um, things are, things are really going well under the roof of the shop buildings. So that, that's cool. Oh, that is, that is amazing. Um, is the, the new shop going to be open up to the, during the, the uh, spring open house? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, very yeah. cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah you so, have to take lots of good pics and video for me because, uh, unfortunately, I I can't make it down. Yeah, it's okay. We Like I said, we announced this like two days ago just on a whim. And uh, luckily, some of our guys are actually even going to be there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, look, we have an opportunity. You know, and I didn't really ask anybody. So... I apologize for that, but uh, uh, we'll have our, our team members there, and we put it out on Facebook. And uh, uh, earlier tonight, we got a little bit of a late start, you and I recording this show, because mm-hmm. I was out. Um, a friend of ours owns a, uh, a brewery here in the town where I live in, and he has an event uh, once a month called Bonding at the Brewery for Businesses. Nice. So a lot of local businesses come together and, and talk about stuff, and and we go to those to try and learn things and, and maybe have a beer or two. Uh, but it was interesting. Three of the local businesses were excited about coming out to our thing on Saturday. So Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that's great, man. Yeah, so we've got a local bakery that's brewing up a bunch of donuts, and uh, we got our big coffee cauldron you know, set up, so we'll have that going. So it's going to be... Uh, Supposed to be uh, high 60s and sunny. Should be a nice day. Oh, you, you cannot ask for a better day than that. No, and and spring has been eluding us so long that um, I'm, I'm ready. How about it, man? I mean, we had snow here last weekend for Pete's sake. Yeah, I saw that. I'm on sorry. Saint, right on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, it was brutal. I woke up, I thought, I thought it was a sick joke. <laughs> yeah, well, it looked man. like one. Yeah, yeah it did. It did. We've at least had sunshine, and I, I don't know if you saw the video we put out last week of the uh, the customer spotlight video on the '66 Charger. I did see that with the Fretzog. Yes, with the Fretzog at the end. <laughs> <laughs> had to put that in. Come on. Yes, yes, you did. I what'd appreciate you think, that. What'd you think of that little video? Oh, that car is off the hook. 
That thing a, is beautiful. It's a beautiful car. It's my stunning. goodness. That color, mwah. Yeah, stunning. I love car. the look of that '66 Charger too. That 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 sloping fastback. Yeah, it looks yeah. like there's nothing. It looks almost looks like a house inside the interior. It's so big. It's mm. just so open. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's Man. very very spacey. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that yeah, was a, the the uh, instrument cluster is gorgeous. It's really yeah. nice. Uh, that was kind of a new thing for us. I mean, obviously, the, the cars that we feature on VATV when we're building them are all customer-owned cars. But uh, on social media in the past, we, we've shared still pictures, you know, like right. here's something we might have done a tune-up on or, you know, some sometimes smaller projects or whatnot. But this is the first time we actually did a video on a customer's car that was already finished and just kind of a mm-hmm. customer spotlight video, you know, just kind of share yeah. this cool car. Why not? We have it, you know, why not yeah. share it? Why not? And I think uh, that's a good idea. You should do more of that. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Because the, uh, the... Yeah, you have my permission. You have the blessing from the queue. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's really what I was going for here. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know. And I, and I didn't want to make you grovel for it. So I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm laying it right out there. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> You got it, bro. Well, sometimes we do stuff and, you know, you don't know how people are going to take it. And it wasn't a very in-depth feature. And, and unfortunately, we didn't have a whole lot of time to go out and actually drive the car around. And, and it was different from Muscle Car of the Week because that, the Brothers Collection guys, are the ones that are proponents of doing giant burnouts and stuff. And right. in our case, the shop cars for the customers, I'm not going to do that, you know, unless they mandate it. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, this customer's name is Brian, and he didn't know that video was coming. So we shot it really? and aired it, and then he saw it uh, a couple of days later, and, and he really dug it. So that was cool. Well, sure. Who wouldn't yeah. dig that? Yeah. Whoever doesn't dig something like that shouldn't be into cars. I <laughs> well, I mean, that's part of the reason why you have these silly things is to show them off and share them. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and the more time goes by... The more special these cars will become, so it's great that yeah. it's the part of that. At least that one is is affixed there permanently out there and can always be seen and accessed. So, yeah, right, exactly. Good, good on you. Well, we we shot another one today. As a matter of fact, as uh, uh, a while ago, we shared a picture of a, a darker blue '66 GTO um, that was in the shop getting some work, and that car's finished up and going home tomorrow. So oh, nice. we did another similar uh, spotlight video today on that one. It's going to probably be a little bit shorter, um, but still a, an equally as cool car. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not not an original car, so the the tri power is from a you know a, a different setup, but it's date correct, mm-hmm. so it looks right. You know, and everything mm-hmm. on it looks the way it's supposed to. So sure, sure. But similar story. We put a comp roller cam in that one too and fixed a bunch of stuff uh yeah so you can look for that i know you know have you ever seen one of those gto cars before you know what those are (laughs) i saw one in a magazine a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) i I think i think that i've seen a hell of a lot more of them than i've driven one lately well it's coming though pizza yeah it's coming Uh, come on baby so, you know, a lot of the, in addition to the, you know, the big long-term restoration and, and modified car projects we do, uh, we do shorter jobs of, of modifications and, and uh, uh, performance upgrades and, and all kinds of stuff. And it kind of led me to think of, 
you know, what would be a cool topic for, for springtime uh, is to look at, you know, maybe the, you know, the top five things that you would do to a car if you could, you know, mm-hmm. modifications to, to make them a little bit more enjoyable. So I have, uh, I've prepared a list. I, uh, I happen to have a list of that. <laughs> what, boy, what serendipity is this? It is, it is serendipity. <laughs> <laughs> it is a synergy as well. Yeah, man. Uh, how about that? Crazy. It's almost like we planned it. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, people are going to start complaining that we're actually prepping these shows out. <laughs> this show is just too refined. I can't take it anymore. That's it. <laughs> it's just too good. All right. Well, the only part of the show that was planned was that, and we planned it for three episodes to go and never got to it because we're too busy on a space tangent. <laughs> too busy on the tangents. <laughs> so we we oh, resurrected this topic from the dustbin, and here we are today. <laughs> right on. Oh, man. I have a feeling our, our, our top fives are going to be pretty similar. Oh, you think so? Um, well, just to prevent that from happening, I came up with six. So did I. <laughs> Get the heck out of here. I did. Did I you did. really? Yep. You deviated from the plan. I did. I did. I'm a deviant. Oh, man. All right. So well, how, how do we I'll, want to start this? I'll throw you one better. My top six are in reverse order. So number one is not number one. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. All right, Topper, you got me. You got me. <laughs> All right, so what would be uh, your first mod that uh, you think is something cool to do? Um, headers and a, a open exhaust, free-flowing exhaust. Oh, right. Yeah. Not yeah, on my that's... list. Shut up. Really? Really, really, really yeah. Hmm. You know... Well. And I kind of, I don't know if I take that for granted. You know, I'm just, I'm very used to cars already having headers and good exhaust. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. It's a huge thing. You know, get get that system to breathe a little bit freer. And yeah. uh, uh, a definite huge improvement. We do a lot of, you know, Magnaflow kits. And, and uh, yeah. on the LS side, those hooker cast headers are mm. really cool. Because they, they mm-hmm. fit nice and tight, and um, they flow really well. So, Yeah. I, I took the, this list from the point of view of getting a brand new car off the showroom floor and starting my day two mods to it. That's, All right. On. That's, what I, that's what I had in mind. Okay. I didn't have anything in mind. I just came up with some stuff. So Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so, so then uh, you have the exhaust. Uh, mine would be... Um, a hydraulically assisted brake booster. Ooh, that's a good one. That is not on my list. Aha! See, what are you uh-huh. doing? Doing over there? <laughs> we use the uh, the Hydrotech brand, uh, you know, Hydro Boost style brakes, and I love them. I'm an evangelist for them. I put them on my own car. Uh, our '62 Galaxy has had a set for, I think, twelve years now. Trouble wow. trouble free. Tons of clamp yeah, right. force. Yeah, it, it's great. Love them. Hmm. Well, that's cool, man. All right. I, that, that's always intrigued me, that, that Hydro Boost, um, of how well it works. I'd love to drive a car that has it to be able to experience that. 
Well, you could drive this couch <laughs> on, <laughs> sa- on, 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 on Saturday, but you're not going to be here. Yeah, God dang it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Next uh, on my list, and this is kind of um, um, kind of a catch-all, but I, um, it all has to do with induction, but uh, like multiple carbs set up. If you only had a single four barrel or uh, forced induction or even fuel injection. Aha. Uh-huh. That is kind of a catch all because those are a bunch of various yeah. subtopics all rolled into one. Right. Exactly. So we'll call it induction. Right on. Induction, I guess increased induction. Mm hmm. Yes. Well, that would be my number two, I guess, in the order that I have mine. And a very similar catch all. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I am calling more power, more. <laughs> and my character characteristics were supercharger, turbo, cam, and heads, or whatnot. Ah, God, I didn't have heads on mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suck. Well, no, you you had other stuff though, so that's all good. But de- you know, definitely uh, more power. But make sure you do it with the brakes, you know, so that uh, you can safely enjoy the car um it's funny again what we used to have to do to plan out building more power into a car you know it used to be the and it still is to a certain degree but the whole formula you know we got to do compression ratio got to figure out the cam profile it's what you're doing right Mm now and and uh a lot of times today we do a lot with that LS platform and you don't really have to think that much. You know, they, they make decent power to start with. You throw a cam and a set of valve springs and you've made a huge improvement Mm. right away. So I think, I think um, some of that calculating and, and recipe concoction is going away. And I kind of miss that, you know, it was fun to overanalyze every aspect of the engine and, and, and hope hope the people that you talk to and the numbers that you came up with are right. Yeah. And the, the funny thing there is that you could put that whole thing together and not know if you're wrong, you know, because it's going to make what it's going to yeah. make. Right. A- and true. you don't know, you're not going to, okay, tear it down next weekend and throw a different cam in it and try it, you know. You're right. Not, yeah. nobody you don't does know that. what you're leaving on the table. Right. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. But we recently sent home a 70 Camaro um, SS car with a 396 red car. <clears throat> Beautiful. Automatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty nice restoration on it. Uh, we did some fixes here and there. And it came in and it was a dog. It just it didn't have any, any go. And uh, we ended up retiming it and tuning it and, and curving the distributor. <laughs> and when it left... It had the torque of a 396, and it was eager and happy to go instead of, you know, dragging. And it, it made such a huge difference, even though we really yeah. didn't change parts on it that much. You know, we didn't put a cam yeah. in it. Um, and just, just tuned it up nice. Yeah, it made, made yeah. what it had work. And, and the right. customer was so happy that, you know, he didn't have to invest in a whole other engine or anything <clears> like <throat> that. It was, mm-hmm. it was all there, just hiding under the, under the hood somewhere. And, and our guy, Mike, yeah. Mike found it all, so that was cool. Well, he's going to drive that for a month and then say, God damn, I need more power. Mm. So I, I need to. Uh, yeah, that you, happens. Can you LS this thing for me? Yeah, that one I hope not. It's a pretty original looking car, but uh, I'm sure we could slip a sneaky Pete Nitrous kit under the carburetor or something. Yeah. I'm sure you can figure something out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, man. Well, the next thing on my list, um, and it kind of goes, it, it, I don't know if it should go with induction. Well, yes and no, but I picked, you know, a cam, a roller cam mm. um, to put in there. I mean, it, it works on induction as well as exhaust, but um, it's still part of the, the breathing of the engine. So. Well, and it's also a huge part of the longevity of these things now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we've talked about this before, too. <clears throat> We're finding more and more uh, flat tappet cams are just waiting, their time bombs waiting to go off. And oh boy, people are, are storing cars for a long time, and then they, they bring them out. And, and if we're going to revive one, the oil is different today. Everything's different today. And it might run, even on an original, original engine, it might run for a, a thousand miles, and the cam goes flat. Mm. And I everybody wonders. Feeling. Yeah, it happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and everybody wonders what the heck happened. And, and today, when we have a car that comes into the shop that has evidence <clears throat> of a cam going flat, which is maybe a weird backfire through the carburetor or <laughs> a lack of power or it's missing, and we do a compression and a leak down test and you know, try to identify it. Uh, we recommend a roller cam right away, first thing. And it's a bigger nut to swallow in the beginning because uh-huh. a roller cam, as you know, is a little more pricey. A little <laughs> bit, a little bit. But the peace yeah. of mind is priceless. That's, that's, that's it, yeah. Because yeah. uh, you know, we've done several of them where we've had to do the cam twice because the, the new uh, flat tappet cam also ate a lobe or wore in improperly. Yeah, it's a mess. And we've developed some procedures now to make sure that the push rods are... So what we do is we stripe, we paint a white stripe on the push rods. Mm -hmm. And then as we prime this thing and we start it, we make sure visually that all those push rods are spinning, which means Mm -hmm. hopefully the the, the The lifter's spinning. spinning. Uh, With a a roller cam, put it together, turn the key, you're done. You know, there's, there's no worries there's no ifs and or buts it's going to work Uh, plus of course you can get a more aggressive ramp rate and and a different cam profile to make more power or more vacuum or whatever you want so yeah i mean it it requires a different setup i mean it's going to require um uh, a higher spring rate um you're going to have to maybe cut some pockets in your heads for the springs to fit if they have to be taller springs based on your valve length i mean shorter you don't just get to yeah you don't just get to throw a a a roller cam in there and throw everything else together i mean there's everything has to match nicely with it right and the later blocks are provisioned for that already which is good uh Mm -hmm. your in your pontiac case it's a complete retrofit so yeah it's yeah taking something that wasn't even an option back then and putting one in right. so it's a little a little more extra parts but yeah. to- I mean, at totally this point <clears throat> at this point i don't even i don't just need a cam i need a complete valve train i mean from cam lifters push rods rocker arm springs valves yeah yeah so the whole shebang but totally worth it totally worth it yeah no not complaining It'll it will rise again. Oh yes, it will rise again. <laughs> that that might make the list. You know, somebody's top five list of a, of an upgrade right there. It's a good one. How about that? Yeah. So my number three would be, uh, you know, and maybe my criteria here is for cars that you're going to drive, uh, and I think okay. yours is probably the same way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking about 
concourse correct restoration things. We're talking about things to do to the car to make it more enjoyable to get out and burn up some road. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to say better handling suspension is my number three. Mm. Very nice. I like it. That that was not on my list. Wow! Right on. Huh, about not that? not a better handling suspension, but I. It should have been on my list because I really dig a muscle car that's kind of hunkered down a bit. It's got a good low center of gravity, has good handling suspension, good geometry that really hugs the road. That's <laughs> that's a real turn on. Well, it is, and it's interesting. We're coming up with a top twelve between the two of us. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what I tell you got more people more than you bargained for today, folks. Yeah, and 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 the great thing about that suspension deal is that there are so many parts available now uh, for mm-hmm. you know just about everything when it comes to cars. Well, com- whole complete chassis are available. Oh yeah, right. Cars. I mean, you could start there and, and work your way down. Um, yeah. We uh, and I, we might have mentioned this last time, but we're talking with a potential customer about doing a '59 Impala on a Roadster Shop chassis, which yep. you know with an independent rear of all things and all kinds of crazy stuff. So you have that on, on one end, but I think some people get a little bit, um, I don't know. I don't know what the best way to say it is. Cause like if, if you see the media and the magazines and TV shows and stuff, a lot of times they make it sound like the original suspension was like downright scary and dangerous to drive. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have sway bars and coilovers and tubular arms and, you know, and the reality is the original stuff really wasn't that bad, but no. what the problem is, is that it's so worn out most of the time yeah. that, yeah, all the bushings are shot. So the alignment's off and, and right. there's play everywhere and the steering box is worn out. And yeah. So that's dangerous. That and, is dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. So you're going to buy better, better stuff. And that, that can add up, you know, it can get kind of pricey. Um, but do you really need uh, a tubular control arm that alters, you know, the caster and the camber gain and all that stuff? If right. it's something you're going to cruise on weekends to, uh, right. you know, to the the hot dog stand. So mm-hmm. if you're on a budget, a thing that, that we've done many times, which is a pretty cool upgrade, is to use the... Uh, the Delrin bushings from Global West, for mm-hmm. example, in the stock control arm. So oh, instead really? of spending, yeah, all the money for the tubular arms, the really you know super bad ones, sure. you part of the 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 failure point of the the suspension is that it binds or it's sloppy going up and down, and then mm-hmm. the alignment changes and the geometry changes, and if that stuff changes it introduces some unpredictable characteristics and the car doesn't handle well. But you can keep your original control arms, which, you know, true, they, they do have kind of an outdated design because back in the 60s, mm. what people wanted was easy steering. Mm-hmm. They wanted to easily parallel park their car. That was a selling right. point. So what did we get? We got over-assisted power-assist steering. Right. And we got spindles that stand straight up and down. So it's like a yeah. zero caster. And that means the, the, the wheels pivot real nice on their axis. Sure. But when you go down the road at high speed, you're correcting, trying to keep it straight. Yeah. As opposed to modern suspension design, which leans that spindle back towards the windshield at, in some cases, 10 and 12 degrees. 
So wow. it's more it's more like a chopper where you can let go of the wheel and the car goes straight for hours. Ah. Uh, right? Okay. So so yeah. your your modern control arms from Detroit Speed or Global West or UMI or whoever, a lot of them build in some caster to lean that spindle back. Mm. So you have that comfortable high speed straight uh, driving experience you. as opposed to constantly correcting. But if that's not in the budget and you can deal with the uh, stock suspension design, mm -hmm. you press in those Delrin bushings and all the slop is gone and they're able to articulate real smoothly. And there's a, there's a trick. You can either work with your alignment shop to have them set as much caster as they can into the system, which might pick you up two or three or four degrees, which kind of gets you there. Okay. Uh -huh. Or the other thing is called the, the, the Goldstrand modification. And there was a racer named Dick Goldstrand. He was a suspension designer yeah. par excellence. And what he would do is take the, the upper control arm bolts where they mounted to the frame and re-drill the holes and just is pivot that, right? that upper control arm backwards. And it cost, huh. nothing. It cost nothing. Wow. I did yeah. not know this. Yeah, that's a good one. So uh, for the F-body cars, the GM Camaro Firebird, you can go online and download the template on how to redrill oh, no that. Way. Yeah, yeah. And and if you've got a, an A-body like a GTO or like your car, I'm pretty sure that um, those have been extrapolated and you can find them online to where you can safely redrill that without compromising the strength of the mounting point. Um, right, and then the right, Ford right. guys, uh, that was done by Carroll Shelby. So the Shelby GT350 uh -huh. Mustangs from the 60s, that was one of the first things they did was relocate those upper control arm points. And uh, that's been known on the Ford side for many, many years. And the, and the Mopar guys, you can kind of do the same thing too if you, if you put some time into it. So there's the... Interesting, uh, man. The, Interesting. You know, get, getting back to your point about the uh, suspension... Uh, not being dangerous uh, from the get-go, but becoming so when it's uh, when all the bushings wear out. Exactly what was what was going on with this GTO. Uh, the first time I ever drove it, uh, when my dad uh, picked it up and uh, when I, we got together and I drove it, when you would um, put the brakes on, the whole car would move to the left without <laughs> any steering input because the, the yep. control arm bushings were so worn. I mean, it was just, yeah. boop, everything was just tweaking to the left. And then when it, when that happened, my, my old man's like, what are you doing? You're dangerous. I'm like, yo, yeah. I'm not doing this, man. Yeah, this is right, your right. car. This is your car <laughs> yeah. that's dangerous. This is just but, happening. Uh, since then, when I got my hands on this car, I, I did rebuild the whole suspension. And I I kind of did put the, I put the uh, tubular upper and lower control arms on and new springs and, and shocks and um uh, you know, ball joints, upper and lower ball joints and everything. And uh, th that made an amazing difference in that car. Oh, yeah. That felt so planted. I took, I had that car at like 120 once. And once, it felt, just it, once. It felt so planted on the road. I mean, like nothing could move it. It was beautiful. Unreal. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't floating yeah. or anything. And, you know, the good other time. key to that recipe is a, a good shock absorber. Um, mm -hmm. They make all the difference. And I forget, what did you put on yours? Did you put KYBs on yours or what did you put on yours? Yes. Yeah. KYBs. Yeah. Yeah. Th those are nice. Um, 
and they're nice because they're also not insanely expensive. Exactly. Um, exactly. But they'll, they'll get you, you know, right. Um, the next step up would be a Bilstein. And yeah. I'll tell you what, if you have a car, I don't care what the model is and you put good bushings in it and uh, a bigger front sway bar and a, and a matching mm. rear bar and some Bilstein shocks, you are going to have a wonderful ride. Uh, just mm-hmm. like you're saying, nice and taut and supple and in control yeah. and predictable. So, Oh, yeah. Very in control. Very predictable. And, you know, what's really cool is I have none of that on my 70 Riviera. So <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I've got original no, but- bushings and they're all shot. But you get to drive your Riviera. Well, I do, so. uh, and and that dynamic lane change feature that you were talking about is is yeah. still you know active. Um, keeps you <laughs> on your toes a little bit. Yeah, it does. Uh, it does. At some point, I will go through and do these same exact upgrades on that car. But right now, I uh, I haven't gotten to it yet. But gotcha. So better suspension. That's my number three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my, uh, this will be my number four. This is more of a cosmetic, uh, mod and not so much of a performance mod, but, uh, um, different wheels and tires, uh, bigger tires in the back, skinnier tires up front, um, different wheels other than stock, maybe an alloy wheel, just kind of like they did back in the day. So for, uh, for like a, uh, what, what, what did, what did your old man call it? A sewer sniffer? The sewer sniffer, right? Yeah, yeah. the the <laughs> the drop nose and the raked yeah. look with the big yeah. stuff in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are building a uh, a seventy street machine in your list here. Totally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those were those affected me. That's that's what I looked at when I was, you know, growing up, uh, lo- looking at like car craft and and popular hot rodding and hot rod. You'd see a lot of that, and and even on the road, you'd see that. Uh, you'd see some oh, yeah. really, you know, like a roadrunner that was all jacked up in the back with big wheels and tires and skinny fronts. And man, I thought that was cool. Just rumbling down the road. That, that really spoke to me. No, so, uh, they it. look cool. You just, you just negated our better, better handling suspensions. So yeah. Good job I completely. Did. Yeah. I blew it out of the water. <laughs> like I said, your list is not my list. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This, this is true. <laughs> yeah, well, I will go along with that. Wheels, wheels, and tires, and and the the stance and the right size and offset mm-hmm. definitely make a car, uh, especially when you have made those improvements and and they need to be functional and they need to be strong enough to handle you know side loads or whatever you're going to put on them if you're going to go mm-hmm. autocross it or or even beat it up on the on the highway on and off ramps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I look back at some of the stupid stuff we did. Uh, when I was younger, so I grew up in the Chicago area and, and right at where the Kennedy Expressway meets O'Hare Airport and the, uh, the 294 tollway, basically, mm. is a cloverleaf. And the cloverleaf interchange has, uh, you know, four loops and two of them get, you know, they have decreasing radius turns. So as you go through it, it gets tighter. And that was our proving ground. We used to go race ah. the cloverleaf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was dumb. Don't get me wrong. And I don't, don't recommend it. But we had a lot of fun, man. And, uh, I bet, yeah. <laughs> my buddy Ken was a, a weekend uh, uh, amateur road racer. And he had some great cars. He had a, a Datsun 510 that he used to race up at Road America. Um, no he had a, gu- a gutted, uh, uh, like... N- if I'm not mistaken, a mid-80s Trans Am that was a, a full-on race car. 
But he came home one day. Well, the, the amazing one is I think he had a 68 Catalina or a Bonneville two-door. Wow. That um, Pontiac powered. He had BFG tires on it. He had great sway bars, great shocks, good springs. And that thing handled like you wouldn't believe. And it was this giant boat, but it was just set up right, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but the the most fun he he had was, you know, as far as a car that, that I experienced, <laughs> was a uh, a 1LE showroom stock racer Camaro. So I think this was about a 94, mm. 94 or 95. And the, the 1LE package was basically a stripped out, Camaro with a six-speed and oversized disc brakes all the way around, better sway bars and springs and struts and the whole thing. And it was designed for a class of SCCA racing called showroom stock, where you couldn't change that stuff. So Chevrolet built a Camaro that was already set up for it. Oh, nice. No, oh, they're awesome. If you, you jump on eBay, you'll find them for sale out there because they're, uh, they're cool. In fact, I think the 1LE package is back now. I think you can go buy a brand new Camaro that has that showroom stock type setup on it. But um, hmm. that car handled so well in that cloverleaf that I think the posted speed limits were like 25 and 35. And, and Ken was ripping through it at like 75 and 80. Whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was awesome. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. Uh, yeah, oh it was a ton of fun. Yeah. And, and that, that was, like um, fun, man. again, early 90s. I think it was... I think it was still on 16-inch wheels, too. I don't think it was even in 17s yet. Um, but the right setup really uh, really rocked. So when we were talking about your deal with adding <clears throat> wheels and tires, that tangent started because of how they can have a negative effect on handling or could be right. a positive. Or a positive effect, yeah, totally. totally. All depends on the either if you're going for luck or you're going for real performance. Right. So. And I think back in the day, uh, you know, in the 70s, we didn't have any good handling cars, um, come, especially coming out of Detroit, anything that was that was really readily available. So what the, the most prevalent thing out there was drag racing. So I think these guys really wanted to get their cars looking, have that drag racer look with the, you know, the jacked up rear end and the, and the wide tires and the skinny fronts and, you know, almost starting that pro street kind of a look. Well, yeah, and interestingly, I think drag racing was just so much easier to do, you know, because you could do it out in sure. front of your house you know, right. <laughs> if you really wanted to. Yeah. Uh, whereas road racing, you know, you had to go to a track. And, and uh, one of my favorite eras, of course, is Trans Am racing from the late 60s. Mm-hmm. And, and, and those cars were set up to handle, you know, the Boss mm-hmm. 302 and the AAR Cuda and, right. and the Camaro Z28. But you really couldn't use them as much. And I think that's why drag racing was more popular. Um, but even through the seventies, man, those, those Camaro Z28s and, and Firebird Trans Ams, they, they handled really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most everything did, else did not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, true. I had a, a 77 formula and it was a, a pretty decent handling car for, for the day. Uh, there's a curve, um, in Cleveland where I grew up called Dead Man's Curve. And mm, of course. It yeah, it, you know it's, and it's, they, they wrote a song about that. Um, yes, they did. It was called Jan and Dean Cleveland Rocks. Yeah, they did. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but the the speed limit on Dead Man's Curve was uh, I think thirty thirty five miles an hour, 
And for a normal car, that was what you had to do. And when I had, yeah, I drove yeah. when I worked in Cleveland, and I had my Firebird. I would take Dead Man's Curve at fifty five sixty, scaring the jeepers out of myself because it's almost like trying to turn that tight on a, on a on a neighborhood street, trying to take a left somewhere, going fifty five sixty. I mean, you're mm. you're putting your life in your hands when you're doing that. Well, it's, it's a Dead uh, Man's Curve, and I call it that for a reason. They do, they do. It's the dumbest design of an expressway ever. I'll tell you what. There you go. But uh, all right, so you you, uh, you got wheels and tires. My number four is mm-hmm. an overdrive transmission with a corresponding rear gear. Nice. Yeah, that was part of my list and, as well. That's uh huh. One thing that that makes a car so much more drivable, especially if it's. Uh, it has a, a radical uh, cam in it. If you want to get any kind of speed out of it, any sustained speed without beating your engine up, uh, a def- definitely an overdrive with the appropriate gear is going to do it for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and we did the math once, um, and I think our points of reference were from St. Louis to Chicago. By putting an overdrive gear transmission in a car, and bringing the final drive ratio from one to one down to 0.75 to one, say for example, mm-hmm. you're saving 25% of the RPMs uh, that your crank and your bearings and your pistons are experiencing. And it turned out to be like 800,000 revolutions to go from St. Louis really? to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So take your crankshaft, your engine's still kind of being assembled, and spin it once. Imagine on a one one afternoon drive, you saved eight hundred thousand spins. <laughs> My goodness! You know, well, and that's why that's these cars. It is, and and when the overdrives came out um, in the eighties, I mean, you could get my sixty two Ford had an optional overdrive back in the day when it was new. So Fords of the fifties and sixties had them, and so did some other cars. But they really started to hit in the eighties, and you'd see these. Uh, uh, four-cylinder cars that were trying to, you know, wring out all the gas mileage they could. But these were when cars first started going 100,000, 150,000 miles without wearing out, without needing an overhaul. Mm-hmm. And a big part of it is because we slowed that crankshaft down by by uh, running the overdrive gear. So, Yeah, that um, makes complete sense. Yeah, and, and we did the, uh, it's a Ford 4R70W electronic overdrive in the Galaxy, in our 62 and it made an entirely different car it is so much nicer to drive down the highway really um so i I recommend that to anybody and today in fact holly just came out with the other day uh, a controller now it's a single unit that now controls um the like an ls engine and the uh um all the variant electronic overdrive transmissions in one box because that's part of the problem is the modern overdrives are electronic yeah and and you need to have a standalone controller so the technology is catching up to where these things are now controllable uh and they have been before but now integrated with the engine management as well so Mm. it makes it a little bit easier and, and cheaper to do um but to, to kind of circle back a little bit, last time we had, I had mentioned that uh, we we're talking about that 47 Dodge pickup truck uh, project with the, uh, the customer that wanted us to do the Mercedes-Benz diesel engine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I had mentioned that that might not happen. Well, yeah. we finally were able to present the uh, project timeline and, and 
parts and everything. And customer thought it was really cool, but he, he thought it was a little bit more than he wanted to invest. So um, it turns out we're going to end up putting a gas engine in that 47 instead of the diesel. Really? Uh, well, yeah, he really liked the Benz diesel because it was quiet. And we thought, yeah. you know, a lesser expensive would maybe be a Cummins diesel, but he doesn't want to hear those injectors clattering and, and all the diesel noise that goes along with that. I see. So he nice. said, well, how about a gas motor? And, and you know, we said, sure, we can certainly find a, a fuel-injected uh, uh, gasoline engine with an overdrive yeah. transmission. And do that and, all day. Right. And, yeah. you know, a minute ago I was talking about the electronically controlled overdrives but one that's often overlooked on the mopar side is called an a518 and it's basically very similar to a gm 700 r4 where it's a mechanical overdrive um and so we're 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 not limited to putting a dodge engine back in this thing but i think it it might need it so maybe it's going to be a jeep four liter um six okay that's cool yeah you know so that's got some connections, but anyway, that'll that'll also get an overdrive in an old pickup truck. So, and that those things really benefit because a lot of times they've got you know four fifty six gears or you know some kind of farm granny gear in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by doing the overdrive, you can fix all that. So, so that's why I chose that. Very cool. All right, all right. That's a good, that's a good pick. All right, my um, my fifth uh, choice would be a um, um, a transmission swap, either from auto to manual or mm. manual to auto, depending on what it is you're looking for. I would there say like auto to manual for cool factor and um, manual to auto is if you're, uh, you're a racer and you want to win races. Yeah, right. Consistency. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a good one. And I, I agree with that too. And I've been on the fence, you know, we just talked about the overdrives. Uh, I think my galaxy would be wonderful with a five speed manual in it. Um, it would be cool. There would be some serious cool factor with yeah, a five speed in that car. You know, they, they obviously could have come with a four speed and we'd make mm-hmm. it look the same, but, um, yeah, I'm with you. Um, we're doing a 70 GTO from a automatic to a manual right now. And um, we do that stuff all the time. And sometimes if you plan it right, you can find original or, or you know, OE parts at least to be able to put something mm-hmm. together without having to make stuff. And, and they're good projects. I'll agree yeah, with that. Yeah, that's cool stuff. Yeah, I dig that. Um, yeah, I, I remember that gold uh, 70, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most car. GTA. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I'm still driving that car, Mo. <laughs> i'll go on a limb and say he's still cool with that so all right good when you know not to do the tangent again but uh when you finally meet mo and you get to drive his gto you have to ask him about the fact that he was a licensed uh half track driver and there's a great story about his vietnam days (laughs) all right (laughs) that will come out (laughs) yes yes he was uh, in the army in vietnam and uh had some great experiences that uh, he likes to share. So that's always, it's always fun to talk to Mo. All right, cool, 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 cool. All right, so my cool. number five is uh, electronic fuel injection. Mm. That is a, that is a great, a great upgrade. Uh, which 
Of course, we heard in year number two, I guess. But yeah, um, that just had to do with induction. But um, I mean, the the drivability that that fuel injection uh, uh, allows for it it can stand on its own. Yep, so. yep. And uh, one of the neat ones, and I, I think we might have touched on this car before too, is that '76 Pontiac Trans Am. LE car that came in the shop with a factory uh-huh. 455 and a four speed. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to go to over or to fuel injection. Uh, but the challenge on that car is that it's a factory shaker scoop. And right. if you put a Holly patterned fuel injection system on it, you have to put a spacer, which throws off the whole works with the scoop and the hole right. and the hood. So now uh, the Holly sniper quadrajet, uh, product goes right on the original Pontiac intake manifold without any spacer, so it fits right into place, and that's that's, that's a huge thing. Yeah, that it was almost yeah. made for that car because that car has this delicate relationship between that scoop and the hood and everything. Uh-huh. So, so EFI is my number five. All right, ticket. I'm I'm all about that. My uh, my number six was. Um, it had to do with with a force with a manual transmission, but a, a short throw shifter, to oh. um, a true short throw shifter, not just one that's cut down, but something that actually is works the geometry to uh, give a shorter throw for yeah. fat for quicker shifts. Those are nice. That was like mod number one on a Fox Mustang. Is that right? <clears throat> yeah, nice. you buy a Fox body Mustang from the eighties and nineties. You rip that shifter out and throw a shorty in like day one. That and mm-hmm. a. Uh, clutch pedal shift quadrant because those had a cable clutch and and when you'd step on the clutch pedal the cable would stretch so they make Ah. these adjustable quadrants that automatically take up the slack and self-adjust every time you step on you'd actually pick the clutch pedal up with your foot and then step on it again and this ratcheting paul mechanism would would tighten up the slack on the cable and then you know that with the shorter shifter yeah and then and then of course a center force clutch would be next and those cars are Ooh, yeah. made to modify. <laughs> they just yeah. Oh yeah. Down the line. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Well, my my number six is a tilt steering wheel and reclining comfy seats. Ah, well, that's good living. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. <laughs> um, I'm halfway there on my own projects. Uh, I did a and I did it tilt column in the Galaxy last year and never never looking back. Um, is that right? I got to get a reclining seat in that thing though because uh, the park bench, even though it's a bucket, you know it it looks cool, but it's it's not yeah. back friendly for long road trips. Yeah, you know what? It's amazing on on how you get spoiled with uh, with modern cars when you know so, something even from probably the eighties till, till now pretty much came standard with reclining seats as well as tilt steering. And, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. when you get in the, get behind the wheel of a, of a vintage automobile and it doesn't have that, you're like, what the hell is this? That along with, uh, in power windows. I remember driving mm-hmm. this GTL. I'm like, man, I need this passenger window open. I got to do it. I got to lean over yeah. and crank the son of a bitch. I don't yeah, you want pull to. Over and you got to park that thing. Yeah, and stretch. If I want yeah, the that's... back windows open. I got to stop. Like this is this, this can't this will not stand anymore. I can't have this people. Yeah, my Riv is is well the Galaxy too. They're both power or they're both crank windows. And oh, uh, really, 
Yeah, I think I have the only Riviera ever made with crank windows. <laughs> I think you do. I think you got, do. It's got nothing for options on it. But, but it does have a tilt. Even, it doesn't have it, air either, does it? No, no AC, but it, it does have tilt wheel from the factory, so that that's huge. Uh. Um, but it's a bench seat, and it's it's well worn. So around town, it's wonderful. But mm-hmm. uh, I've driven that one up to Chicago and yeah. on some other road trips, and. Uh, you know, about hour two and a half, you know, you start wondering what the heck am I doing with this thing? Because uh, <laughs> my my can hurts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that was a good list. I think um, we'll, we'll put those those items in the uh, description this time for the uh, for the program. Anybody wants All right, cool. suggestions of, of good things to do to upgrade those cars? We'll make that You know where you can see where, well, you know, where industry insiders can see these, um, a lot of cool cars with mods is at the SEMA show where Kevin Oste will be (laughs) Mr. SEMA again this year. Yeah, about that. Touting all of the SEMA goodness again. Nice. Congratulations. Nice nice way to work that in. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, You bet. I'm very fortunate that uh, SEMA has again asked, um, for my assistance with, uh, with some hosting duties and some other shenanigans. So once again, I'll be, uh, hosting the Monday night SEMA reveal live, which is great fun. And yes, they want me in a tuxedo again. Uh, Oh boy. uh, You know, the minute I buy one, they're going to say we're done with you. So I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm renting again. Come on, Mr. Big Time. You don't rent. You buy. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'll tell you what. The rental experience is wonderful because it's Vegas. You call a guy up. It's the same guy who brings it out to me every year. He brings it to wherever I'm staying, hotel or house mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. He measures. He come, He leaves. He comes back. It's tailored. It's done. Oh, really? and that And then when I get done, I just take it off and I leave it at the front desk of the hotel and he comes and picks it up and it's over. I mean, it's phenomenal. That is it's a nice al- experience. It's almost fun renting it because of this guy. So. I gotta give it to you. Yeah, that that sounds that sounds pretty damn awesome. Yeah, you don't get taken care of very much in life anymore, but this guy does uh-huh. it. So, uh, well, but right yes, right so on. I'll be doing the Monday night reveal, the hosting SEMA Central Stage all week once again, uh, hosting the uh, New Products Award Breakfast, which is uh, a fun one because it's presenting awards for all the the things that won at the SEMA show, which is pretty exciting, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, hosting again the SEMA cruise at the end, which was probably the most fun I had at that whole event because it's free form and it's all the cars leaving the show, the cars and trucks and Jeeps. And uh, my buddy Joe Sebergandio and I last year did it. Right. And uh, Joe is just, Joe, he just says what he's going to say, you know. And it is, it's great. If somebody's hanging up the line or, or you know, Behaving inappropriately, Joe's the first one to point it out. He's a New Yorker. He's, you know, that's all you got to say. Joe's a gr- oh, great. Yeah. Hey, I'm walking here. Come on. Yeah, basically, yeah. He, he's, <laughs> a, he's a great guy. I've known him for many years. So I'm hoping I, I get to work with him again because that was a lot of fun. But Cool. Uh, yeah, I hope so too. Yeah. Right well, on. thanks thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And I'm very fortunate, oh, like I said, that they uh, they decided to call back and say, hey, let's do this again. So looking forward to that. Well, you know, the first time was a fluke. After that, it means you're really the, you're the real deal. So good on you. <laughs> After that, it's just uh, <laughs> it's just plain ignorance on their part for calling. <laughs> no, not at all. 
<laughs> I'm the the repeatable. The uh, we got to come up with a good phrase for the uh, the the repeating fluke. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Lightning strikes three times on this one. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh boy, that's cool. That's great stuff. But that will be fun, yeah. All right, well, you know, we've got uh, listeners who have been waiting patiently this whole time yeah, to hear the answers to our trivia questions. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So you you go first. Was I even close? Uh, Well, I asked you, Kevin, um, uh, about Hearst Lightning Rods and what car could you buy that already had them equipped. And your answer was the Hearst Olds. And your bonus answer was, uh, the bonus question was, what year did it first, uh, was it first available? And you said 1983. And you are correct on both counts, Kevin. Ding, 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 oh, ding. Dynamite. Wow. Yeah, nice, nice. You, you, double you hit luck the, right the, there. Yeah, you hit the bullseye with that 83. That was impressive. That was cool. I'm yeah, pretty I, lucky because uh, I, I wasn't I quite loved, sure. I loved, I loved those Hearst lightning rods in those Hearst olds. I felt those were just the bee's knees, man. They were just they, so bitching. They are cool. Three separate sticks, and you can yeah. um, jump on YouTube, and there are commercials for those. Believe it or Is not, that right? From eighty three, eighty four, eighty five, where they they show the guy wow. shifting them in an Oldsmobile commercial. So that's pretty cool, huh? That is yeah. very cool. Yeah. All right, stuff, so. Good stuff. My question to you was, what yeah. was Antoine de la Motte Kedjak known for? And the, of course, English pronunciation, the American pronunciation was uh, Antoine <laughs> de la Motte Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And your answer was, well, he was the namesake for the Cadillac automobile, which is true. Yeah. But that's okay. not... All right! Thanks, everybody! I'm out! Tonight, I won! <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> but the reason why they named the Cadillac car after him is he was known as the founder of Detroit. Son of a biscuit. So, because he was a... Uh, uh, a guy who had... Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just read this. Upon his arrival in America, Lamoth adopted his title after the town of Cadillac uh, in southwestern France. The city of Detroit became the world center of automobile production in the 20th century. William H. Murphy and Henry M. Leland founded the Cadillac Auto Company and paid homage Uh. to him by using his name because he was a trader and a... You know, the same, same thing as every guy in history. He was a fur trader and a trapper, right. and a, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but he was uh, a guy who built up a fort, which eventually became the city that we now know as Detroit. So uh, that's why they named the car after him. So there you go. Tried uh, to go, go a little little cultural on the trivia question. Yeah. And then that's awesome. That's I should have known better. Well, I went Italian on the, on the, on the overselling adjective, so I guess. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Well, like last time, you know, you, you got to leave this continent now because we burned up all the other good ones. I burn them all up, man. <laughs> all of them. Ah, <laughs> oh, gee whiz. All right. Well, right on. So, Very yeah, I, I, I'll give you that one. Yeah, thanks. I'm so terrible, I'm going to take it. So, there. <laughs> I have no shame. There's no what pride in me anymore, man. Come on. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I bet somebody could go back over the last 50 episodes and tally up the, uh, you know, the score, because I think you've done better than you thought. Yeah, I bet I've gotten five correct. Oh, come on. You had to get more than five. No, I didn't. I don't think I have. I mean, I think uh, I've got maybe eight or nine, but the... Oh, stop it. Stop (laughs) yourself. Certainly not. You get eight or nine right per episode, so shut it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got two right this time, and that was damn lucky, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, this was fun. We we minimized our tangents. Mm. We stayed on this planet for the most part, so that's all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Stuck to cars, and uh, <laughs> I think everybody's better off for it. So uh, uh, this was a, a a fun show. If you if you like this kind of stuff, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes. We are still holding tight in the within the top twenty, kind of bouncing in the uh, seventeen eighteen range, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, mm-hmm. So we, we, you can listen wherever you want, but that one is is about the only one that ranks them. So that's why we're all wound up on on the iTunes. Right. But listen to iTunes. You can listen <laughs> wherever you want, but <laughs> right. listen to iTunes. Yeah, there you go. And uh, you know, beyond that, it's uh, Stitcher <laughs> Radio and Google Play and uh, um, and uh, iTunes TuneIn Radio and uh, T- TuneIn Radio, Spotify. Right, that was recently added. That's a good one. Or yeah. right at v8radio.com, which is always mm-hmm. good. Uh, of course, our Facebook page as well. And uh, next time, we're going to talk about an opportunity where the, the, the listeners and, and followers can play along with our trivia questions with us. So, hey, sounds intriguing. Te- teaser for that, uh, which should be fun. We're just trying to figure out a good prize to make it worth everybody's while. So, cool. But that'll be cool. Yeah. All right. So, uh, uh, appreciate the time, man. It's always fun. Like, and, yes, sir. Always very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Fifty Beats episodes. Doing, yeah, congratulations on uh, on on fifty all the way around, and uh, I guess uh, we'll we'll leave with our traditional uh, exit and and keep it under a hundred or keep the shiny side up. <laughs> and I'm Kevin Osi from Mike Clark, and we'll see you next time on V8 Radio. <laughs>